0: Good morning, Ariel.
1: Good morning, Chris.
0: Welcome. Thank welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you for welcoming me. I feel welcomed. <laughs> that's what we hey. want to do here at Stones is welcome people. That's
0: right. This is the Sunday Recap Podcast and you are welcome. Thank you. You're welcome.
1: <laughs> I feel like now that's a different connotation. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome.
0: That's right. Yeah. This is the super awkward intro to the Sunday Recap Podcast. We're so glad you joined us today. I
1: think it's awkward. <laughs> Because we always wonder what to do without that third piece of banter. Mitch uh, isn't here today. Mitch is
0: not here. I yeah. Know. Yeah. There's an empty chair and an empty microphone and an empty headset. That's here. sad.
1: Now I'm looking at it. Yeah. Womp, it's really womp. sad. Yeah, But
0: yeah, he's got a busy week. Um, there's a lot going on in preparation for this coming Sunday this week because this coming Sunday is going to be kind of a cool week. We're celebrating everything that God has done this summer in student and, and uh, children ministries. Which is awesome. Um, I think we're looking at something like eleven something baptisms, and um, I
1: haven't checked in recently, but yeah, that sounds about right. Crazy,
0: yep. just like super cool. And so uh, Mitch is like uh, like working like crazy, trying to get all that ready and stuff like that. So he's not with us today, uh, but we're excited about this Sunday and everything that that uh, we get to celebrate this week. Plus, um, Pastor Scott's going to be talking a little bit about where we're going from here. So uh, this part of what I'm really looking forward to is. Really him being able to unpack for us, you know, now that we're kind of through a lot of this year and a half of COVID stuff and and we are, um, you know, looking forward to what this next year might look like, Scott's going to sort of unpack some of that for us and get us ready for kind of just moving us forward uh, in the next year. So I'm looking forward to that. I think, I think that'll be really good as well. So Sounds good. lots of like looking back and looking forward type of a, type of a Sunday. So that'll be great. Um, another thing to look forward to is our fall, our, our fall classes, <laughs> fall classes that are going on, um, starting in September, Ariel, tell us a little bit about the, the, the offerings that are in your, purview area of ministry? My,
1: my neck of the woods. Yeah.
0: What, what, what do you got going on yeah. this fall?
1: Uh, a couple things. We have, of course, Mom's Crossing is starting back up this fall, right. but they're meeting in person. But the exciting piece is that we are adding an evening ministry. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so So both the morning and the evening. Morning and evening. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 9:30 a.m., 6:30 p.m. I'm sorry, 9:15 in the morning. Yeah, um, but anyway, that's going on, and that's a super great ministry for for women to get connected to other moms in this church and just to um, walk through early childhood um, rearing, I guess, yeah. and uh, and to see how the gospel applies to every aspect of life.
0: Such a support, too. yes, it's it really is. Really good, yeah, it
1: really is. And then um, our women's ministry is studying the book of Ezra this year, mm. um, which is kind of a hinge pin to that whole like. You know that part of the Bible that I feel like it was a big black hole of, um, I just wasn't very familiar with yeah, it, yeah. Of, uh, of exile and return after to the, the land. the exile yeah. and
0: everything. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Anything Second after Temple.
1: Daniel, I'm like, well, oh, I don't really know what happened. There's a lot of names. <laughs> and, and, and who cares? Zerubbabel, we'll you know. <laughs> yeah. No, okay. But it's so important, so important. And we love um, digging into some of the... The less studied books, uh, especially in the Old Testament, to, yeah. to bring understanding to see how the whole canon of scripture applies to life. That's cool. um, and you can do that in a, a small group atmosphere with a large group teaching aspect. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah,
0: That's great. Um, I know men's ministry is also launching. Um, they're going to be looking at um, really just combating sin or calling it fight club this semester. <laughs>
1: that's <laughs> so, that's fighting
0: fightin yeah. titles. Yeah. So it's going to be about combating sin and temptation. Um, uh, there's a whole team of people that are going to be teaching that and that I think that's going to be really good. So that's that's going to be happening on Wednesday nights as well. There's going to be a marriage conference. Uh, Uh, offering as well. So uh, our re-engage class is coming back this fall. And and so that is going to be on the table uh, for you to jump into as well on Wednesday nights. There's also two classes to look at. So uh, there's a class on the book of Exodus, which um, is open to anybody. Uh, And uh, you can jump into that taught by Brian O'Malley. Mm -hmm. Um, I was just talking with him yesterday. He's Uh, you know, so he's, he's writing this whole, this whole class. And one of the things he's like, I was just blown away by how many times, uh, in Exodus that God does something so that people, it it says specifically so that they will know that I am the Lord is what what it says. So they will know that I am the Lord. And, um, and so like, what a cool, uh, theme for, for that. It's like, you know, really having the, uh, the knowledge and assurance that God is is exactly who he says he is. Uh, And so that's what Exodus is going to be all about. And then um, I'm actually going to teach a class. uh, I'm giving four options for this one uh, because we wanted people to get involved in this one. So no
1: excuses. I know. But this
0: one is really, uh, it's called Just Tell Them the Gospel is what we're calling it. And the idea with this is, uh, we want to give people a five-week crash course on, on really just evangelism. And it's not anything super scary. This is really very simple. Uh, it's And so um, if you've taken my apologetics class before, this would be a great class to jump into as well. Uh, because it, a lot of what you get to do is then apply the apologetics that you've learned and put it into practice. If you haven't taken the class, it'll work for you as well. Um, you can jump in and gain some skills uh, to be able to do that. So anyway, all that's coming up. Uh, this fall at, uh, at stones. And so I'm super excited about really all of it. Um, I, I hope every single person gets into one of these, uh, offerings this fall and, um, can just be encouraged and strengthened by it all. So
1: yes. And childcare is provided.
0: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Childcare is provided. So there's no excuses guys. Come on, get in there. (laughs)
1: Okay, shout out to Brian O'Malley for a second, because he's the one who pointed out to me that Elijah did not go up in a chariot of fire. He went up in the whirlwind. In the whirlwind. And how many of us have like maybe seen a children's illustrated Bible (laughs) and seen him going up in the chariot? In the
0: chariot, yeah. And just
1: assumed that's what it says. That's not what it says. That's not
0: what it says. And it
1: was a good reminder to me that we truly need to read every word of the Bible. Right.
0: Right. Yeah, absolutely. For what it it's says, it's like the uh, it's like the Humpty Dumpty yes, illustration, Yes, right? I know. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we that. we do this thing in our teacher training where we read the the, the nursery rhyme Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall, right? And then we have people draw it, and it's kind of it's interesting because when people do that, they they import certain ideas and concepts into their drawings. For mm-hmm. example, like Humpty Dumpty is an egg, or uh, or, or sometimes we, they'll draw the king there. Yeah. But the nursery rhyme never says those things, right? right? And so it, it's an important point in what we call like uh, exegesis versus eisegesis, right. right? So like eisegesis is where we are um, we are importing our ideas onto the text. So we're saying, oh, no, humpty-dumpty, yeah, he's totally an egg, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and then, so it's importing those ideas on there. So the chariots of fire thing would be like a an eisegesis, yeah. eisegetical, yeah. yeah. And, and, and it's
1: so, so hard – To completely rid ourselves of that, because we bring all kinds of preconceived notions in that have either come from us or externally over our years of life.
0: Baby angels playing harps on clouds. Yeah, all of those things. The devil is red and has horns. Uh, Mm Yeah, yeah. We we import all that stuff from pop culture, Uh, but I mean, and that's just. That's your silly example. It's but. so
1: yeah, no, but it's so refreshing. <laughs> it's so refreshing to read the Bible again with new eyes and say this is exactly what God meant for us to hear. Yeah. and read and um, I always get excited when I start to shed a little less of or a little more of what I have carried. <laughs> yes. and absolutely. gain a little more of what the Bible actually says.
0: Totally, totally. So
1: that's what we're doing today.
0: Yeah. Well, um, one of the first things that Scott talked about was this idea of the calling of God. And calling is such an interesting thing because I think we as, I don't know, as evangelical Christians in the West, we kind of throw that term around a yeah, little loosely like, sometimes. I'm
1: being called to brush my teeth this morning. I'm being called to buy this time. Well, I tell
0: my kids that hairspray. they're called to brush their teeth this morning. I think so, uh, but... by you.
1: They have heard <laughs> the external me. call from their father <laughs> to <right>. do it. <laughs> but,
0: uh, but yeah, we, I mean, we, we definitely throw those things around, uh, that term around, because um, somehow it seems to make it so that we can justify some of our Actions, right? Yeah, He's kind of saying like, yeah. yeah, you know, God's calling me to da, 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 make
1: da. this change.
0: Yeah, um, and and I think uh, mm-hmm. I think we can sometimes approach that with a healthy bit of skepticism, uh, <laughs> you know, when when it comes to stuff like that. But what Scott's talking about specifically here is a a, a calling unto salvation, mm-hmm. um, really, and 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 I think he made a great case for how the call to Um, this, this call that God gave to Elisha is the same call that God is making to us. It's, it's a, now it's not to a specific ministry. Elisha, you know, God had a specific plan for Elisha and the ministry that he was going to have. Right. But, but it was a, there's a, the similarities in the call is a call to salvation Mm -hmm. and it's a call to to, um, uh, as he talks about, uh, surrendering to God, abandoning the world, right. And walking in the spirit. Um, and those are the same things that, that we are called to as Christians as mm-hmm. well. I think there's this temptation for us to approach the approach Christianity and the call that God has given us as sort of an add on or an attachment to our life. And Scott brought this up as well, mm-hmm. um, where, where in essence, it's like, okay, like I'm just going to live my own life, but then I'm going to just have God on the side here. He's my co-pilot, you know, right. that type of thing. And, um, and you know, maybe he'll help me out when I get in the jam. Uh, and that's the way that we view uh, our, our faith in God. Um, and so that ends up looking like, you know, I go about my own life. It, God doesn't, you know, um, the reality of him doesn't really affect me too much. But, you know, I'll go to church on Sundays when it's convenient. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'll, um, you know, maybe if there's a popular book or podcast out there, I'll check that out, but I'm not going to like throw myself into this 100%. Um, so why is it impossible for Christians to do that? Um, I mean, I mean, and to truly do that. Why is it impossible for a Christian to have one foot in Christianity like Mm -hmm. that and one foot in the world?
1: I think the best illustration was given to us after the sermon, when we had um, a little side class with one of our our um, members who's learning to teach the Bible clearly and, okay. and share the gospel, and um, and Dale Thomas said that when he um, when when we have glasses that are bifocals, it makes it hard to focus on near and far at the same time. And it's very similar with yeah. with how our our faith and the world can be both pulling at us that we can't focus on both and see both clearly mm-hmm. um that we need to put our full focus on one or the other mm. um, just the a servant cannot serve two masters is i think what the, what Scott brought up yeah
0: right? yeah and
1: uh and all of that is so true um because when we have our eyes on the world we we miss everything that Christ has called us to mm-hmm. um and we if we have our eyes on Christ, we have everything that we ever need. Right. Um,
0: what does that do to us? I mean, if we're trying to be, if we're trying to be a Christian, but we're still living, in in many ways, not as a Christian.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, what does that do to us? How does how does that affect us in, a, in like practically?
1: I feel like it's kind of a, a ripping of the soul, yeah. um, in in a way because, um, I mean, you just you can't flip flop back and forth easily, mm-hmm. um, and. I'm trying to think of a good example of this but um you know coming to to church on Sunday and then um you know partying the night before it mm. it, it doesn't it doesn't bode well it just it, there's a weight on our soul that that we carry that is never complete yeah um that we're not truly free we're slaves to something Mm-hmm, mhm um, and we have to decide, would I rather be a slave to Christ or would I rather be a slave to what the world offers? Right. Um,
0: yeah, that's Romans seven for there you sure. Go. <laughs> yeah. <There> you go. <laughs> yeah. You know, what, what's interesting about that? It reminds me of when I first became a Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is, you're going to laugh at this. This is so funny. So, uh, <laughs> so when I first became a Christian, I was sort of, I, I was, I was, I was, um, it was the end of my junior year of high school. I was sort of wrestling with, um, a couple different things. And, and ultimately, I was like, you know, I'm going to this youth group, this church. Everyone there seems to like me, and and on top of that, um, I'm like, I'm a pretty good person. Like, yeah. like, yeah. you know, I I don't I I'm not like doing all the bad stuff that all the other kids are doing. I'm a you know I'm mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pretty decent. Mm-hmm. So like, so yeah, I could be a Christian. I literally thought it's not going to change my life that much. Like, wow. like, like that's that's where I started uh-huh. as as a Christian. And, um, and for a while I would say I did that. Like I, I lived with one foot in the church and then the other foot in the world. Yeah. And I got sick of it. Mm -hmm. I got really sick of it. It got to a point where I was like, I am so inconsistent in everything that I'm doing. You know, um, I can't, I'm not the same person with one group that I am with another group. Yeah. You and kind
1: of disgust yourself, right? Yeah. You just want to spit yourself out.
0: Totally. Yeah, I felt terrible. <laughs> yeah. and, and and ultimately, what I came to recognize was that this was the work of the Spirit within yes. me that was convicting me and showing me like, oh, no, I need to give up. I need to surrender everything to God and abandon yeah. the world. So and that's yeah. so
1: good because I think what you're saying here is that as God is conforming us to the image of Christ, mm-hmm. um, we become disgusted with, with ourselves in, in the areas that we've not surrendered yet and it's um, it is, that's the part of the soul ripping. I think I was trying to get to is that it just feels so wrong because the conviction is so heavy.
0: Absolutely. Um, absolutely. Now here's what I think is interesting about that is that, you know, people who aren't Christians, they're never going to have that conviction because they don't have the spirit, right? you know? So the way that they look at the world is going to be diametrically opposed to the way that God sees things. Right. Um, and that's what scripture lays out. Like, I mean, scripture really describes over and over again, how there's really only two kinds of people in the world, right? Mm -hmm. There's Christians and there's non-Christians. Whatever that looks like, and um, and that like uh, it's in I think it's in uh, First Corinthians chapter two where it talks about how um, the wisdom of of God is folly.
1: Yes. To. Yeah.
0: Um, to the, to the people of the world, right? And, right? and and that's how it is. So if you're not a Christian and you don't have the spirit, then then the wisdom of the world makes a lot of sense to you, you know? And you just go along with it, and it's great. But if you have one kind of you've, – you've become a Christian and you have the spirit, but you're trying to keep one foot in the world, you're going to be miserable. Yeah. Because – because the spirit is not going to let you stay there, you know, it is not going to let you keep one foot in the world. Um, and so, so yeah, I think that's actually the worst place to be. It, honestly, it's like, I mean, it's obviously worse to be, a, to not be a Christian, but it's a terrible place to be yeah. when you're, when you are a Christian and you're trying to keep one foot in the world. Right. Yeah. Right.
1: Can we talk a little bit about, um, about the call to follow Christ and then this this weird, I don't know if this was a 90s thing where everybody <laughs> felt, everybody who became a Christian felt like there was this specific calling that we were being, uh, we, we needed to discover what it was. Yeah. And I remember being a young person and I remember having a conversation with my mom and I was just like, I need to find out what God wants me to do. Right,
0: a very specific yes. plan and yeah. follow the plan and...
1: And I thought this was so interesting because when Scott mentioned the statistic of 70% of young people were surveyed and they didn't know what their purpose was, mm. that just made me so heartbroken for them because my first inclination now is to say, to glorify God and enjoy Him forever, you know? You know? <laughs> yeah. And that is so freeing, knowing that, that that's our sole purpose is to give glory to God and to to be conformed to the image of Christ. Wow. Right. right. Anywhere you are. Right. Right. And there's not the secret thing I need to find.
0: Yeah. Well, this has to be carefully nuanced, I think. Sure. Because I think on on one side, you know, if we if we truly believe in the providence of God, in other words, you know, that God has a plan for our life, you know, if, if we believe in that, then then yes, there, there, there are some things. There are, I, I would say, really specific things that, that God does have planned for us. Mm-hmm. And I think we can trust him in that. Now does he reveal those things to us and, and then give us the choice to walk in them and, and, or not type of a thing? Yes. I don't know that it always works that way, uh-huh. you know? Um, I think typically um, the way that this, this whole thing works is, look, it's about loving God, you know? It, first and foremost, do we, um, do we glorify him and enjoy him, you know, uh-huh. as, as you're talking about? And then as we do those things, that everything else seems to fall into place right in the in, 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 in the way that God wants it to you know
1: yeah I think we could even take it to the the point of uh, his his um, perceptive will and
0: de- yeah you know what um, I, de- so, de- his decretive will and mm-hmm. his preceptive will yeah. so we
1: not we don't have to concern ourselves with what he's not revealed. Mm-hmm. Um everything he's revealed in scripture is what we need for life and godliness. Yeah. And so, so there's that, not this secret will of God that I'm trying to chase and figure out.
0: So yeah yeah I mean what you're describing here is all based on De- Deuteronomy 29:29 29, 29, and that's we've talked about this on the podcast yes. before the idea that you know uh there Moses writes um that the, the the secret things belong to the lord but the things that are revealed belong to us and what he's talking about when he but those things that are revealed are things that are revealed in his word right and so um, so we use those terms preceptive and decretive what what that all of that is is describing those two categories that there are certain things that are secret and those are the things that god decrees so that's his decretive will okay then the preceptive will are his that's his precepts. Like those are his commands, his laws and all that sort of stuff. And so when we look for the things that he's revealed, we're looking for those things, you know? Um, and so, you know, a good example of this might be, you know, if you are a, um, a husband, then you're going to turn to, um, Ephesians chapter five, and you're going to see that you're the, you know, the, uh, the preceptive will for your life, the precept, uh, God's calling on your life is that you are to lay down your life for your wife, mm-hmm. you know, and w- whatever that looks like, how, how that, that's described. But that's the calling yeah. that God has on your life. Same if, if you are a wife that you are called to love. And res- or to re- respect and honor your husband, right? Right. Like the, like those. That is the calling on your life.
1: Well, I was thinking this is how we get to this this uh, this calling for believers, um, because what I think I'm seeing here, and especially in, in First Kings, on this call on Elisha, mm-hmm. the way that this can be universal for all believers is is that this is revealed to us to lay down our lives and follow. Um, follow Christ. Yes. Um, even though Christ is not specifically mentioned in this passage, this is all leading up to, to the Messiah. But, yeah. um, but I think that, uh, as a young person, and I just wanted to throw this in here. It was, it was, my, my thoughts were occupied by trying to discover this, this secret plan for my life Yeah. Yeah. when, when it's been here in, in his word all along, Hmm. um, and there are, you know, nuanced things like you're saying that that God has called me specifically to do. Yeah. That I think that that He reveals um, through following Him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I think that um, I, th- I think we just forget that it's that it's here and revealed for us, right? For all
0: believers. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, I mean, if if that's you out there and you're listening to this and you're like, man, I'm I am struggling with this. I would just encourage you don't stress, (laughs) don't stress about it. Um, read the commands of scripture, you know, love God, follow him, love others the Mm -hmm. way that that God is calling, you know, God calls you to in scripture, do that. Um, and then he's going to make clear other things too, you know, we can
1: trust him for that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, he'll put opportunities in your life to love other people. Mm -hmm. He'll, he'll, he'll bring to mind, uh, uh, ministries that maybe you want to start and, and, or, or things that you would like to do, uh, ways that you'd love to serve other people and mm-hmm. things like that. He, he will do all that. Um, just, so yeah. So just, just rest in him and trust him. I know it seems yeah.
1: so, it seems so weird for us, especially for Americans. Cause we're just like, get it, got to get after it.
0: Yeah. 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 I
1: love the, I love the rest though. I think that's more of what we need.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Let's let's even take this a step further, though, and let's talk about what about a specific, a specific calling to vocational ministry? Yes. Yeah. So one of the things that Scott mentioned in here is that, you know, while this calling uh, is, is similar, uh, this calling on Elisha's life is similar to ours. Um, the calling to elisha's life was a very specific calling to a ministry that he was going to do mm-hmm. that we don't I mean that's not going to be universal to all of us as, as well we're not going to have the same kind of prophetic ministry that elisha had and doing these miracles and things like that right um, in the same way you know we see callings of different people in scripture you know the calling of Isaiah or Jeremiah or um, the calling of, of the Apostle Paul right mm-hmm. who um, again but you you see the same pattern there where there's a, a surrendering to God, abandoning of the world and walking in the spirit. You see that same pattern in all of these callings, but, um, but they were called to a very specific kind of ministry. How can we discern, um, a specific calling to vocational ministry? Mm -hmm. Um, now, now Ariel, this is, kind of your story in a lot of ways. So like just in the last few years, moving from being a congregation member here and serving in a number of different ways into, Hey, now this is, this is a job for you. Right. Yeah. So maybe describe for us how how that went for you.
1: For me, it was interesting that he started to um, create desires and interests in um, specific things that regard to, to church organization. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, well, I, I'm really interested in discernment. That was the first thing. Mm. Um, and I could see that he was just kind of molding and shaping my, my desires to be helpful in those areas. Yeah. Um, and, and then I just had a moment where I prayed and, and asked and said, Lord, if there actually, I just kind of stated it, um, similarly to like the little girl in, in Scott's, illustration Uh i was like if you would ever use me in in church ministry yeah the answer is yes i would i would do it yeah and um and that was the the internal part of what i felt like this is this is maybe a call i'm willing um i'll do whatever um and then and then externally it started to um it started to build where I had several members of staff tell me, Hey, there's a, there's a position and, opening yeah. on staff and we think you should apply. And yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, and people, um, you know, even not on our staff were affirming gifts and, mm. and, um, that, I mean, I just really appreciate the church for that very reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what we're called to do as the body, um, is to help affirm those things. Yeah, And, and so really, you know, it wasn't like a, um a moment where i woke up and said i think i need to go into church ministry it was just it was just the lord guiding every opening up every step yeah um and being willing yeah um,
0: absolutely so yeah oh and then i mean of course there's the affirmation too of actually getting hired i mean we, yeah. you go you went through a hiring process <laughs> yeah, and all that yeah. sort of stuff too so there's an affirmation even within sure. that but i think the idea uh, uh, one of the things that i think was so key what you said was just making sure that there are other Godly men and women around you that are affirming the affirming that calling on your life, right? And um, and that can be a really great way to to sort of confirm that that calling too. Yeah. Um, one other thing I would add to that too is um, there's a great little book by. Um, uh, a British pastor from the 20th century named Martin Lloyd Jones. Mm-hmm. It's called Preaching and Preachers, and he's got a chapter in there on calling, uh, uh-huh. calling to ministry. And one of the things that he says is that I think was just really interesting. He's like, "Look, you know, he's basically trying to ward people off from jumping into ministry because ministry is hard." Yep. Um, and <laughs> and and he's like, "Look, if you could do anything else, do or, it or like do it." Yeah. He's like, <laughs> "He's like, if you could yep. see yourself." Doing anything else, or if you have the ability to do anything else, go and do that. But if all that you can think about, and if all that you could possibly imagine yourself doing, is communicating the gospel, shepherding people, caring for people, like if that's if that's all that you could imagine yourself doing, then you might be called to ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so there's a that internal type of thing that's going on within you that needs to be confirmed by people outside, uh, godly men and women outside of you. But, but, um, but yeah, uh, there's, there's a, there's a good warning there, I think, before jumping into vocational ministry. Well,
1: that makes me want to ask you how, how did you feel that you were being called to ministry way back when? Way
0: back when, yeah, (laughs) I know I was, I was pretty young. I started ministry when I was 21. Uh Um, and, and, uh, when, what I did was, um, after I became a Christian, which I just revealed was just like this terrible one foot in one foot out type of situation. Um, it was so funny. The very next week after I became a Christian, I got asked to go to a camp and go help kids, little kids at this Christian camp. And I was like, "What? really like, you must be desperate because this is nuts. Uh, but, but almost pretty much right away, I got thrown into different volunteer roles at the church I was at. Um, and a lot of it was out of need for sure, but but one of the things I started to learn through that process was that I had a lot of different gifts in in different areas uh, that I didn't know that I had, and so ultimately what it came down to was um, I it was very it was actually very pragmatic I um I noticed like I, I was on my I was on the road to going into character animation uh yeah. for my for my job
1: with and the Simpsons I just need to throw that out there well.
0: <laughs> I was applying for a job there. Oh, okay, um, okay. But and, still, um, it was the
1: Simpsons, yeah. and I think that's important. <laughs> one foot in the world, one foot yeah, That's out. exactly right.
0: <laughs> and um, and one of the things that happened was is I was like, you know, I can draw, but I also have these other gifts. I have gifts in music. I have gifts in teaching. I have gifts right, in, in, right. In, in whatever, and I'm like, and I'm using all of these in the church. And I'm like, why would God give me all of these gifts if, if it wasn't meant to glorify him? Right. And so so then I started thinking, well, I'm using them in the church. I think I could, what if I could continue to use that in the church? And so then I started to ask that question uh, mm-hmm. of a lot of people around me. So I was in a, a small group of guys, started to ask them those, that, those questions. Um, my youth pastor that, that I had at the time, mm-hmm. I started asking him stuff like that. Um, started uh, working at a, at a camp, asking questions up there a yeah. the, camp I worked at. And then eventually um, uh, by God's grace <laughs> ended up getting this job as a high school pastor at a little church in California. And I was, um, I had no clue what I was doing. No clue. Man, if I, I, I want to write all those kids and just be like, I'm so sorry, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, but that's how I kind of got started. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, Scott then gets into these three things about surrendering to God, abandoning the world and walking in the spirit. And, and we've already sort of unpacked some of this, but, um, I I think what I want to do here is, is sort of just talk about those three things in, in the sort of the practical sense of what that looks like. Um, you know, so when we talk about surrendering to God, um, you know, Scott said it's about yielding myself. Uh, to the possession and control of another. It's, it's yielding myself to God, basically saying I am yours, mm-hmm. you know? And and what's interesting about that too, as I was thinking about this, it's not really anything that changes. We were always gods, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, but we just didn't recognize it. We didn't recognize that we were a creature that was made in his image. And um, and that we owed our obedience to him mm-hmm. by nature of our creatureliness, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, like be, just the fact that he made us, we owe him our allegiance and, and we just didn't recognize that mm-hmm. we, we, or, or maybe we did and we just stuck our we hand were, up. It was like, nope.
1: We were just so me centered. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that it, like he's like, like Scott said, it takes a long time to undo that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we're all still wrestling with it. Yeah. Um, in that process of sanctification, but yeah, that that surrendering is rejecting the me centrality of of our of our
0: being. That's right. Yeah, I love the CEO or boss like idea that, that he talked about. Like like we think we're the CEO of uh-huh. our life, right? We we think we're in charge yeah. and all that stuff. And this is just recognizing. Oh, actually, yeah, God, God is actually the, yeah. the CEO. Right. Like, I, I know nothing, and God. Is actually the one that um needs to be in control here. Yeah. Um and so so yeah, I I mean I, I think I think that's that's a uh I think a a really important step in this whole process, but also probably one of the most difficult steps in all of this. Cause mm-hmm. it's something I think we're always working on. Even as Christians, mm-hmm. we're we're consistently working that out. Like how do we do this more? And As we do that more, God reveals more areas of our life that we are still trying to keep control over. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: I also really appreciated how um, Scott talked about Elisha taking on the mantle of a servant when he surrendered mm. himself. And I think that any call, um, call call to just be a Christ follower, call to be in ministry vocationally, all of it has an element of us having to— Wrestle away the grip of wanting to elevate ourselves. Yeah. And man, that is a struggle. Um, but to take on the mantle of a servant is the goal. Um, mm-hmm. And 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 I think there really is abundant life in that. And what Craig, Scott was talking about.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Well, because I think when we try to control everything in our life, ultimately everything rests on us. And so if we yeah. succeed, then we recognize that it's a lot of work and we're working hard for those things, but we're stressed out about it. And then we're always worried about losing that success. Right. 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 Um, if we fail, then we beat ourselves up over it. Yeah. You know, and we, we consider ourselves to be worthless. Within that, and so both—I mean, whether you succeed or fail, if your mindset is that you are the one in charge, you're going to be wrecked. Yeah, I mean, absolutely wrecked. What's awesome about the gospel and living within the grace of God is that you're—you're recognizing that God is ultimately the one that's in charge of whether you succeed or fail. Sure. Right, and and that the successes or the failures that you experience are actually. Provided to you because God is gracious to you and loves you. Uh-huh. You know, so even in our failures, we can we can see God's gracious hand there and what He's teaching us and what He's doing for us. Yeah, you know, yeah. and so um, that's a that's a complete mind shift from <laughs> yeah. from everything that from, from from the way of the world. So. It absolutely is. Yeah. Um, let's talk about abandoning the world. Um, you know, when we're talking about abandoning everything that that the world uh, has to offer, I mean. Some of the things that we have to abandon, we're, you know, man, we're talking about abandoning sin, uh, mm-hmm. abandoning our destructive habits, abandoning, um, worldly pleasures. Um, I would, I would say the comfort, yeah, comfort, seeking after money, seeking after power, mm-hmm. um, control, right? Like yeah. it was just what we talked about with being the CEO. Mm-hmm. Um, all of those things are things that need to be abandoned. Um, but what does that look like practically? Okay. So, I mean, are, are we... Are we in a place where we're like okay well, this needs to be like the rich young ruler where it's like okay Jesus says go and sell all of your possessions and you know take a vow of poverty type of thing and, yeah, you know uh, become a nomad and wear camel skin and things like that like we like what in is a
1: sackcloth Yeah always.
0: like what 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 does this look like for an American living in the west and you know and all this stuff like Oh
1: man I I think it just looks differently for each of us because truly um the spirit works in convicting us of what we need what we're being called to and Mm -hmm. um and so you know I've I've been around pastors who've sold it all and had one Mm -hmm. one shirt, one pair of pants and, you know, it seems extreme to most of us, but um to him he was he was ready to go all in so that he could use those resources for other things. Yeah. Um and so I don't know that there's a, a one size fits all, but I think that um being willing um to follow Christ means being willing to follow Christ wherever the spirit yeah calls
0: yeah absolutely
1: I don't know how to say that either without it sounding mystical like you'll just know when the spirit's calling you to sell that's all your true.
0: possessions that's true because it seems like it seems like there there's you know one of the things that we've emphasized here at stones a, a number of times is when, when we've done like these um capital campaigns and yeah things like that mm-hmm. is generosity right so let's talk about money for a second you know, is there a line for how much money a Christian should have, mm-hmm. um, or should should we kind of cap ourselves at a certain amount and say like, you know, what? Actually, I need to give away the rest of it. Mm-hmm. Um, give this to, you know, some to the church and then to other
1: yeah.
0: other, other other places. So I, I don't know. Um, I've also known some people who are uh, who have, are wealthy. They 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 have quite a bit of money, and they do what. Uh, the apostle paul says to timothy in 2nd timothy that they are to enjoy the blessings that they've been given that's part of why they they've they've been given those things mm-hmm. and so 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 they are to enjoy it but they're also called to be generous in that so i, I so i i don't know what what's interesting is that scripture never gives us a line of right. like how much we should keep or whatever, right. uh, how much we should give I away. I think it gets
1: real sticky when other Christians try to make those rules. Yeah.
0: You yeah. know? Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah.
1: Like we have a better discernment of it than
0: totally. than totally. the Lord
1: and the people who are involved oh, yeah. in it.
0: I, I visited a, a church one time. This was years and years and years ago. But I visited this church, and they, they did that. They they did this thing where it was like the elders would sit down with every member and t- look over their finances and say, this is how much you need to be giving. Uh, and things like that. And I was like, whoa. Oh,
1: my God. That's
0: rough. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. But, um, but I would say because scripture never talks about that, then that really is up to how the spirit does lead you, right, which right. again, it, it sounds mystical, at the but... end of the day,
1: <laughs> at the end of the day, it's between you and the Lord, right? You have yes. to stand before him on the last day. That's and right. so, um, I am not worried about how he's going to work that out in the heart of every believer. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to do it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we could just trust him there for <laughs> we sure. We can trust him. <laughs> for sure. But yeah, so abandoning the world, um, there's so many things there that we could dig into, but I think I think we did talk about this just enough, this idea that look we are we can't have one foot in the world and one foot right right in in Christianity, so
1: um I feel the need to debunk something though. did you know that Cortez didn't really burn the ships?
0: What is this? Uh, well, Scott talked
1: about burning the ships, and it's a it's a euphemism, oh. like people talk about that all the time, like burn the ships oh okay you know? um. Leave it all behind. Abandon it all. Like, burn every, like, burn your way home okay. is basically okay. what it's saying. Like, sure. so that you know there's no going back. Okay. Um, but I think, I don't know that the facts on the history of that are are oh. fully intact.
0: Interesting. I didn't yeah. know that. But okay. it, is a,
1: it is a great euphemism. If, the, if, it's, if you're going on by the story of, like, that you burned your way home, then, <laughs> okay. yeah, truly, there's no turning back. <laughs> totally. But totally. I just, you know, a little history histori- History. History. <laughs> I'm a little history yeah. <laughs> today.
0: Got the emphasis on the wrong on syllable. On the wrong syllable. <laughs> so uh, I, I think what I want to ask in this, though, is, you know, when we abandon the world and surrender to God, how is it that Christ really satisfies us when, when we do abandon those things? You know, like... Um, one of the things that that Scott said at the beginning of the message was you know he God really wants us to want him mm-hmm. first and foremost right like he, he that's that's really what he wants he doesn't want us to want his stuff to want his blessings to you know to want um, his spirit and things like that he wants us to want him mm-hmm. first and foremost yeah. and what's what's interesting about that is like i I started thinking about um, when God called Abram right and this is you know the very beginning of the story here, the the first person that he calls out of this life of idolatry and mm-hmm. and whatnot. Um, Genesis 15, verse 1, and, and um let me turn over there really quick. But he he's calling Abram out of this life of idolatry. He's about to make this covenant with Abram. And this is what it says: it says, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision and says, Fear not Abram, I am your shield, your reward shall be very great. Now that's the that's the ESV version. In the NIV, it says it this way: Fear not Abram, I am your shield, your very great reward. Mm-hmm. Um, and the King James translates it that way as well so th- so there's some discrepancy there but I, what I think is interesting is the reward that God is talking about there is actually himself mm-hmm. right it's that the the, the 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 blessing the benefit the true joy that we receive is actually that we get Christ yeah elsewhere he talks about
1: portion forever right yeah our that he will forever.
0: be our portion forever yeah right yeah. and so um and so, How does Christ then satisfy our hearts when we, you know, when 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 you know, the world has so much, Mm -hmm,
1: mm -hmm. but
0: yet we're saying let's abandon all of that for the sake of Christ.
1: I think I I think of the uh, the biblical theology of rest, Mm. um, and so the end goal is that we will enjoy Christ forever and ever in eternity and 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 attain. True promised land rest, yeah, and I think there is quite a bit of abundant life in the rest that is provided in this life, although not fully yet. Mm-hmm. Um, in finally surrendering all and letting Christ be, yeah, um, be the one that we seek yeah. as our reward, mm. um, and and not having the turmoil of of the rat race that the world provides, right. And I think that if we were all to sit and think about that for a minute, just what is it that I'm chasing right now in my life that isn't Christ, we would probably say it's wearing me out. Yeah. I'm tired.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I can see this. I mean, I, I've seen it in so many ways in, 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 different, in different people's lives, in my own life, in my family's mm-hmm. life, things like that. But, mm-hmm. you know, if we're, if we're seeking after a husband or a wife relationship yep. um, instead of Christ— how that just wrecks you. Yeah. Um, it just burns you out, right? If you're seeking after money mm-hmm. um, and you're going to spend your whole life going after that rather than just resting in the Lord and his provision for you um, mm-hmm. and let him be your portion and him be enough, Yeah. it's going to wreck you, you know?
1: And then all those things, you miss the the sweet blessings that he's providing yeah. during the time.
0: Right, right, absolutely. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's amazing because I think... Just, just to think about how much this shows the love of God for us, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. That um, in the end, God's love for us is that he, He's not laying down these rules for us to, to, you know, and calling us to abandon the world because He's mean mm-hmm. or because He wants us to be poor and destitute and like whatever, you know, all, all that sort of stuff. He's doing that because of His great love for us. Because He knows what's best for us. He knows that we're just going to run ourselves ragged and we're going to end up destroying ourselves. Mm-hmm trying to attain all of these things when in the end he's just saying let me be your portion and because this is the only safe thing for you to invest your life into
1: right right right
0: um the only safe thing
1: yeah
0: and so um so for us to to have one foot in, in the world and and to not throw ourselves towards christ 100 is actually dangerous <laughs> yeah. for us
1: yeah.
0: um and so god's like no like just come to me, mm-hmm. you know, just come to me. All you are weary and I will give you rest, right? Yes. Yeah, That's so good. Well, I think we'll wrap it up there. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, you know, if you've had uh, any questions about the things that we talked about on the podcast today, um, we would love to talk with you about that. You go ahead and feel free to reach out to us, uh, Ariel at... StonesCrossing.com, Chris at stonescrossing.com, Mitch at stonescrossing.com, even though he wasn't here. Um, you yeah, can, you
1: shouldn't direct all of your questions today to him. To Mitch. Just yeah. to give him a wild ride.
0: Yeah, okay, Mitch, what did they mean when they said? Anyway, anyway. <laughs> but yeah, we would love to talk with you about stuff that's uh, just going on in your life and how you're interacting with the message uh, week after week. Um, and then next week, we are going to get to recap what goes on this next week with this this uh, 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 celebration Sunday. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm excited to see where that goes. So we hope you'll join us next time on the Sunday Recap. We'll see you then.